Can you tell us about your new store and why you decided to open here in Fresno? Absolutely. So we went all completely gluten-free, obviously, because there's not something like it in Fresno. So if you're gluten-free like I am, I've been for the past 10 years, 12 years now, you have to go out of town for most people. I make my own stuff, so I don't have to worry about it much, right? But if you are gluten-free in Fresno, you really have, you're relying on mostly supermarket products, um, or you're, every time you're out of town, you have to pack and bring it back, so to speak, right? Unless you're, you enjoy baking and whatnot, then you do it at home. Uh, so I figured there's always a need. And also we had the space in here. We manufacture right behind us in here, all the sugar-free products. And this particular unit was basically just our um, office. So just figured, convert it. And it happened that in one day I had about eight or four people asking me when am I opening a bakery. Um, so finally it was like, okay, that might be a sign. So I give it a shot. Uh, you had some interest from people that were coming up to you and asking you, hey, you should really open up a gluten-free shop. We did, I used to, well, I, we still do, but I used to get requests for like uh, cakes and whatnot, orders, um, which I would fulfill, but never, shouldn't say never, didn't want to get into the bakery business because the long hours is a lot of work. So you're in 24 seven pretty much, you're married to the spot. So I tried to avoid as much as I can, but when I had several people asking me about it, in one day I'm like, okay, you know what, we have the space, um, we, we already blend flours that are gluten-free for different uses, along with the sauces that we have. Um, so I figured, okay, we have everything. We're starting to do a farmer's market as well. So I figured, why not? Just do it. We have the space. Make the most of it. So we set it up. So before um, you opened this bakery, you were already manufacturing like certain products that were gluten-free. That's what you've been doing. So everything I do is gluten-free. Like the sauces in here behind me, they're all sugar-free as well. So they're caramel sauces, chocolate sauces, different flavors, ve uh, vegan and non-vegan. Um, so we, I've, we've launched this about two, uh, two years ago or so, right before the pandemic. And then we relaunched after the pandemic. Um, but since we had all of those and we have, we also, like I said, we manufacture flowers as well, gluten-free flower blends. So it was all there. So we just had to combine it more or less. So we do offer some sugar-free products in here, but not everything is sugar-free because it really makes it cost prohibitive between the gluten-free and sugar-free, right? So, but we do offer several products that are, and we keep adding as we get more requests for it. Uh, but since we open, we open sincerely, I've been slammed like the first day. We ran out, I think in the first hour and a half, there was nothing left. So ever since, I've been just trying to catch up. Um, so I haven't got a chance to get into the whole keto and diabetic-friendly products yet. Of course, we have these, but not all the baked products. So that's what we've been working on, basically, just trying to get, you know, catch up with everything and to add more as we can and have more keto items and uh, diabetic-friendly items and sugar-free items. And as you can see, there's fuel from every day. I just add a couple more and until we get fully staffed and get going with it. Cool. And um, where can people find some of your products? What stores would they be looking for? Or do you have to go online? So obviously you could buy them in here. Uh, we sell them online uh, on indulgedright.com. Locally at the Natural Path Health Center. And also um, a Sierra Nut House. 
okay. They both carry it. They each carry different uh, flavors. They don't, all eat, they don't all carry the same flavors, all of them. But um, yeah, they both carry it locally here. What's something that you opt not to have besides like flour? Maybe you can talk more what about do you mean, the ingredients. Like, as far as like the flour blends? Yeah. So we obviously blend our own flours, right? So I have four different flours, each is for different purposes. So most of the flour you find outside or outside being on the store shelves, they're, they're promise you one to one or one kind of, kind of like a one kind of product that replaces everything. But even in regular baking, you've got three different, four different kind of flours. You've got all-purpose flour, you've got bread flour, you've got you know, cake flour, you've got pastry flour. And the difference is really percentage of uh, gluten in that case, in the regular flour case, right? Um, in the gluten-free case, it's far more complicated, yet all you'll find in the stores is really one kind of flour blend for everything. Sometimes you might find different blends, or for at least the labels, but if you look at the blend, it's really the same. So it might say cake flour, but it'll have the same ingredients, right? Um, what we did basically, what I did is basically I took that whole thing and turned it around. So each blend has different ingredients that are designed specifically for that purpose. So the cake flour blend, for example, has different ingredients versus the uh, all-purpose or the pie flour, right? So in the pie flour case, you have like, you want to get a flaky flour blend or flaky crust. So the blend is designed for that, right? And then the main difference really is so that you don't taste the difference. Like, yes, we are a gluten-free facility, completely gluten-free facility. Our products are obviously gluten-free, but for anybody who's not gluten-free should not taste the difference, if that makes sense. So we, should, we want everybody to be able to like, oh yeah, we could go have a, I don't know, a croissant or a cinnamon roll or a cake and not be like, oh yeah, this tastes like gluten-free. You know what I mean? Or looks like gluten-free. So our goal is basically, yes, it is gluten-free, but make sure, you know, to make sure that people don't feel the difference. The sourdough breads, you really can't tell they're gluten-free. And that's what we basically strive to achieve. I was going to ask you if you've ever owned like other stores in the past. I have. So I've been self-employed since 2009. No, wait, 99. Um, <laughs> I missed a couple of years there. In the 90s. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've had bakeries, cafes. I've had a couple of restaurants in here. Oh, I had a restaurant in Fresno from 2007, 2010. I had a bakery next door at the same time. I did catering in here as well as well as the Bay Area, um, and yeah, we've done consulting for the industry as well, so I've been in the industry for the past 32 years. I went to culinary school in Italy, um, yeah, went for the whole thing, started when I was 14. 14? Wow. Yeah, what made you move to Fresno? So I moved to Fresno right after 9-11 happened. That's when I had the business in the Bay Area, and then uh, my lease was over basically, and as the whole world was changing at that time for those reasons at, at that time, different than the whole pandemic thing a couple of years ago, right? Um, so I had family in here, so I kind of moved down here to help a little bit, and then I saw the opportunity and stayed, and I started doing personal chefing then. Um, and then that kind of grew into the whole catering business, and it, 
From there, I expanded to the restaurant and the bakery. Always had a passion for baking. But when I was diagnosed with non-celiac, it basically um, kind of got out of the business. That was when I had the bakery and restaurant here in Fresno, right up the street, on Bourdon Palm. Um, so when I was diagnosed with non-celiac, I was basically all day covered with flour. So I had to make a big choice, big change. And that's when I got into more of the gluten-free aspect of it. But I'll, the thing is, when I actually went gluten-free, my, all my problems, so to speak, all my pains and back pain, neck pain, gut issues, joint pain, all just disappeared, right? So the, that changed my entire health, if you would. But that prompted me to find out, like, okay, well, what is it? How is it that happens? How is it that one ingredient could make such a big difference, right? Um, initially, I didn't believe it. So I went back to eating gluten. Uh, that's when I realized I had a brain fog um, and a stinking attitude that one came with the gluten part. Um, and that's, that was basically the end of it for me. Um, I haven't had, except a couple of cross-contamination here and there, any gluten since, basically since 2009 or 10. Um, and I don't plan on having any. But that's kind of my journey took me to a different route. And that it got into more of a wanting to learn more about it. So I became a certified gluten-free practitioner. I got down the road of the whole nutrition part of it. Uh, for a while, when I got out of the bakery for the past, what, 12, 10, 12 years now, I got more into the nutrition, nutrition aspects of the business, if you would, uh, helping people create healthy lifestyles. Uh, was between weight loss and you know, creating a better lifestyle, really, I always look at it as, as creating a lifestyle versus dieting, right? Um, which ultimately really led me to create all these products, going to the sugar-free part of the whole business. Um, but like I said, because of the demand and all that, and we don't have another bakery in the valley, throughout the valley really, so came back into baking, back to kind of the roots, if you would, back to my passion. So, yeah. And with, during the pandemic, did you find it kind of challenging that you kind of want to wait to open the bakery? Cause Everything was kind of closed or anything like that? Actually, during the pandemic, I, was, I had moved out. I, was, I used to live in L.A. during that whole thing. We used to co-manufacture or we used to contract out the manufacturing aspect of it. Um, but when the pandemic hit, we realized that I could not, that was not sustainable. So I had to change the business model, bring it in-house. Um, and then came back to Fresno because it was easier to find locations that, that fit my needs, so to speak. And that's how I ended up in here. What have you heard from customers so far, like this week, that they've come in and there's kind of been like such a huge demand, like you said, you ran out like on the first day. What have customers said to you, like, you know, we're so thankful? Mostly they're grateful that we're here because for a lot, like I said, for me, it's never been a big deal because I could just make it myself and eat it. Like if I want paklava, I could make it. If I want whatever, we just make it um, and then eat it and we'll be done, right? Or I shouldn't say eat it, really devour it or you know like splurge on it uh, but for a lot of people that's not the case and I think I had not realized that where for many just like oh when we are in LA or Bay Area we'll get some treats right or we'll order it online um, so for a lot of people it's really about the whole having this accessible in their backyard right to be able to actually come in and enjoy a where it's a cake or a cinnamon roll. Cinnamon roll has been the biggest hit so far between sourdough and cinnamon roll. 
Um, didn't think about it much, but yeah. So to be able to have a cinnamon roll that tastes like cinnamon roll or a sourdough that tastes like sourdough without the extra textures or without the extra aftertaste, if you would, it's a, it's a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, we've had several people coming and saying like, oh my God, I've been 20, uh, gluten-free for 22 years or 10 years. Uh, several people just came back several times the same day. Um, so it's really, you know, you get many people, we see them every day now since we opened. So it's really, I think it's, it's, it's exciting for a lot of people. And it's also, it's, a, it's fulfilling just to be able to be no, normal, right? Um, so you don't feel like you're completely deprived. And are you planning to partner with other restaurants in the area? That's the goal. That's the goal. Haven't yet, because I haven't been able to catch up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> since we opened. Yeah. So literally we're trying to just catch up and stay up with them, keep up with the demand so far. But definitely would love to um, reach out and make sure pretty much every restaurant has some options to offer so that when we're out, out dining, we're not feeling totally deprived and, you know, like smell it but can't have it. <laughs> you know, so that's the goal. We have Thanksgiving coming up next week and the holidays coming mm -hmm. up. Do you have any special items or um, very limited items that you're planning to release? So we got a lot of requests about uh, stuffing. So we'll have stuffing in bags already pre-cut um, so they could stuff the turkey with regular, or tastes like regular, uh, but gluten-free stuffing. Um, we have requests for certain items, although I'm not sure if I'll be able to catch up with all of them, but like the pies and the apple pies and pumpkin pie, um, I was initially going to offer special items, but I'm not because I can't catch up with it. So, but we have some orders um, already in place for like, like the pumpkin pie and apple pie. Do you have any special equipment or is there any special operations that you have to do differently? Yeah, to some extent, because you're modifying everything. Uh, so equipment, what gluten does is basically give it that stretchability, right? That's what gluten does, that's gluten's thing. So a lot of the equipments are not designed for that. Even when you're mixing the, the dough, you can mix it just like regular flour. So a lot of the understanding that you have as a trained chef from the gluten perspective or a pastry chef, it kind of, most of them goes out the door because a lot of the concept, a lot of techniques don't really apply anymore, especially when it comes to a fermentation process. Right? If you follow the same thing as regular baking, you're not going to get it. You're not going to have a baked product at the end of the day that's successful. That's right. So you have to modify a lot of things. You have to modify um, your recipes, obviously, uh, the hydration level. You've got to modify the ingredients. Um, the processing system it just changes completely. Most of the equipment, unless you modify your recipe to fit the equipment, they probably won't work. Um, so like even sheeting the dough or rolling out the dough on the sheeter on the equipment, um, that's a whole different process again. Because it's not, no matter what you do, it's not as strong as, let's say, the gluten-based dough. So a lot of sheeters or the rollers will just tear it apart. So there's a lot of things that you have to modify and kind of figure out how to work with it. Um, and that's, I think, what separates you know, kind of a professional setting versus a home setting or a cottage setting. You know what I mean? It's, um, so it's really totally different. Um, 
and we're fortunate to have most of the equipment that we need to be able to do it. So we're not struggling with it. And as demand grows, we could grow with it. The products that I put out, I make sure they're tested first. That's why I'm hesitant to put out all the keto products out, all the sugar-free products. I mean, we have some of them that are, we've tried already, that I've tested multiple times. So I know I could replicate, and I know I could um, expand on, right? Multiply the recipes, if you would. Um, but a lot of things I haven't yet. So that's why I'm kind of hesitant to not to add a lot of them at once. Because we want to make sure whatever we do, it really is tested and true and tried. So you're getting the product that you want. Versus, oh, here it is. It's sugar-free or it's keto. But you take it outside, you can't even eat it. You know what I mean? It's like, it looks like a brick or something. You know, so it's really, um, so from that perspective, really, I spent a lot of time. Uh, researching and developing before even formulating my products. Like every ingredient has a purpose. It truly has a purpose in the blend. In the, like so a lot of times you hear about, oh, well, if there's more than three ingredients, it's not good for you. Well, I got news for you. In the gluten-free business, business or industry, that doesn't work. Because if you only keep three ingredients, you're not going to get anything out of it, right? So you're, it's really difficult for to understand sometimes, but it's really you're replacing one ingredient, wheat, with six, seven different blends or flour or grains to create that one or the properties of that one ingredient, right? So you might find rice flour, brown rice flour. You might find tapioca. You might find potato starch. You might find, you know, we don't use any corn products. We don't use any soy products um, in our, uh, or peanuts or, you know, like nuts. Um, obviously, we bake with nuts, but not in the flour blends. So, but you have to replace them with something and really recreate that starchy, um, fibery, uh, you know, texture of the wheat flour blend, basically, or the wheat flour. So it takes a lot for it. Um, every ingredient has different reaction once it's heated or, you know, once baked. Um, some might add texture, some might add crust, some might add or support with the crust or some might be, so it's really each one of them has different use. So that's why it makes it a little difficult, and that's why going back to the same, like different mixtures that you'll find in the market, yeah, they might work, but they don't replace it exactly. So you have to modify a recipe, a recipe because of that or accordingly. So I try to take that, the guessing work out of, you know, somebody who's cooking at home, even as professionals. Um, unless you want to spend, you know, seven, eight years and researching everything and coming up with everything, you know, you, you don't have the time for it. So even as a professional, if you want to bake at home or for, for your restaurant or for your whatever business, you could get the flour blends and make it. So you don't have to modify too much. And if people want to know more information, um, where can you tell them and uh, where are you located? So we are on the you know, northeast corner of Shaw and West. Uh, literally behind Dutch Bros. Um, and then you could find us online as well at indulgerite.com. There's a whole page, a bakery page in there as well. Of course, you could reach us in here um, directly at the bakery. And hopefully soon at the local cafes and coffee shops that will carry our products. I just had um, one question. Hmm? It was. Uh, you said you were diagnosed with one disease. Non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So non-celiac? 
non-celiac. Oh, okay. So there's two kinds, right? You have celiac or non-celiac. Um, the main difference is really that when it's celiac, it mostly affects your intestinal lining. That's what celiac is. Um, so it affects your intestinal lining, your villi. When it's non-celiac, it really affects any part of, it could affect any part of your body, um, anywhere from your brain to your joints, to your skin, to your, um, yeah, any, any part of your body, really. It's extra-intestinal. Well, technically, I was diagnosed in 2007, but I didn't buy it for a couple of years until my doctor was really insistent, so I gave it a shot. Um, so it took me a couple of years to believe into it. Um, but yeah, so I've been gluten-free since 2010, yeah, 10, I would say.